Welcome to the Truth Be Told podcast with Chad and Jade Spencer. In this world, there's an unlimited amount of voices fighting for your attention. Facts are important, but truth is key. This podcast is all about taking real life situations and looking at them through the lens of God's word. Victory can be your story. What's up, podcast fam? Thanks for joining us again on another Monday. Listen, I'm stoked about today. We're going to get right into it because we're doing part two of talking about discipleship with my brother, Cody. Again, if you haven't listened to the first one, make sure you go back to part one. That's such good content. And I'm telling you what, it'll help you build your relationship with Jesus and become more productive and really start to understand what a disciple is. Uh, what are marks of a disciple? Today, what we're going to dig into, though, is how to build a disciple. How did Jesus build the disciples? Yeah. How did what, what you know? What his most important topics exactly that, that he touched with them? What did he place inside of their heart? Yeah. So they lived out the marks exactly. Because there's got to be something driving the marks, right? Absolutely. There has to be that motivate conviction, really, that motivating yeah. passion to actually execute those things. Yeah. But before we get into it, um, Cody wrote a book. It's called Built. It's about this. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. They'll let anybody write a book now. Yeah, they will. They will. I, All you need is an Amazon account and you so can write true. a book. It's true. Um, I can verify um, that the content is good. I wouldn't trust Cody further than I could throw him in. You know, and I think I'm, you're over 200, so I'm barely, not throwing you. Oh, barely. Yeah, right. Yeah, like 220. You gonna lie like this to your <laughs> your trusted followers? All right, the it's people that believe in you, I'm like two hundred two. Oh my goodness! I, I'll after, show you my scale listen, right now. No, in the morning after a shower after his morning poop, he's probably sitting at like two hundred two. I but will, normal I will throughout send you the day. a picture tomorrow. <laughs> Not of my body, of my scale. Please don't. <laughs> my God, help us. <laughs> um, okay, so what I want to do is just like the last one, I really want him to really give this content and uh, uh, share with you because I think this will help build you into a better Christian, better believer, and really learn how to multiply yourself and live a life that Jesus uh, pictured and wrote about in the Word. So go. Yeah, so it's interesting. I've seen, I'm a pastor's kid, right? Pastor Chad's pastor's kid. We grew up in church. I might have missed maybe like 10 Sundays my whole life still. Like on my honeymoon, I think, I'm pretty sure we went to church Sunday morning. I love church. I tried to go to church on a Tuesday night and I got yelled at. I was was in Mauritius. And if you know where that is, Is I'm proud of you. I didn't think so. There's a bunch of Hindu temples, but uh, that's probably one of the- That counts for something, right? (laughs) Probably one Don't of the start only Sundays. In tongues. Yo, that'd be <laughs> wild. Uh, that would be real wild. Uh, but that was like the only Sunday I can remember actually like missing. <laughs> right, but it, it's interesting. And what I've seen, and what we've seen, and if you've been in church for any amount of time, when we say it like this, it's really comical, right? Like, I've seen people that have been in the church for sixty years, and they change. Like the church will change how something is done, and they they leave. And they don't even go to church anymore. They just peace out. They're yeah. done with church and they're done with God after 60 years. Like, yo, how does that happen? Right. I've seen people that were like saved for six months 
And then their their job offered them another like five dollars an hour to start working on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. or during like their small group time, and they completely abandoned everything of Jesus yeah. and they disappeared. Yeah, I think we could agree on the number one is a boy or a girl coming I was gonna, into somebody's life. I was laying that down. I was gonna say within six weeks. Yeah. They're like, oh, I need a man, and then they're out with someone at the bar. Yeah. And it's like, what are you even doing? How, how do you confess Christ? And then within six months, six weeks, 60 years, you just kind of walk away. And I think the genuine problem is we've built a lot of people who have a Savior, but not a lot of people who have a Lord. So true. And really, I think this is the most important topic that we don't talk about. And this is a topic in chapter one of the book, section one of the book, is this, it's lordship. God called us to serve him, not only as savior, but as his lord. And this is not a sexy topic. I would assume this isn't going to get a lot of shares, but this is some really good truth. And I want to encourage you, don't turn this off. And I would really encourage you to buy the book. I didn't just write it because I think I could make money on it. I wrote it because I think this is a genuine problem. And if we can lay lordship, it doesn't matter what happens in our life, we're not going to get rocked. Mm -hmm. And what we find is Jesus laid this with his believers. In in Luke chapter five, uh, uh, Simon Peter is fishing all night and he's picking his nets and he's cleaning his nets. And Jesus is, is, is standing and says, hey, let me preach out of your boat. And he looks, he's like, okay. So they push out and you got to imagine they fished all night. They're tired. And they push out. And after Jesus is done preaching, he looks, he said, hey, man, cast your nets over there. Mm-hmm. And you got to imagine, it's like, okay, this guy's not a fisher. He didn't stay up all night. He didn't clean these nets all morning. Yeah. I already let him use my boat. Heck no. And that's how I think most people respond to Jesus when they ask him of something. But what Simon Peter said is he said, look, we fish all night, but master, nevertheless, at your words, we will. And he used that word master. And I think it's so important to realize that when we not only have a savior, but we have a master and a Lord, everything changes. Do you know what happened when they cast that net? They had so many fish that the net started to break and they had to call their friends over. It was accelerated. The work he was struggling with was accelerated because he was obedient to a Lord, not just a guy. That's so good. Not just accelerated, but so much that it was weighing his boat down so much that the other people in his life had to recognize there's a massive shift and change and it's a good one. And, And I want to be a part of this. And I think it's just so important because when when we come to Christ, there's verses we say all the time, right? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I love it. Yeah. No longer I who lives, but Christ, Christ who lives, lives in, in me. me. Or 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Don't pick on that. That's my jam. It's my, I, I use them all the time too. <laughs> and therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, he's a new creation. The yeah. old has passed away. The new is here. And I agree with those verses, but I think we don't catch the revelation. So true. We think that, oh, I'm just saved now. No, no. Literally what Paul was saying when he wrote these two pieces of scripture is he was saying, I realize there's an exchange of ownership of my life. Mm-hmm. I signed over a title and a deed when yeah. I confessed my life to Christ. I didn't I didn't just say, oh yeah, I'm serving you for heaven. Yeah. What I did is I signed on the dotted line that you're now my Lord and my master. And there was a shift in ownership in my life. Yeah. And it was the greatest decision I could ever have. See, I think a lot of people serve Jesus. At, like the rich young ruler tried to serve Jesus. Mm-hmm. 
We read The Rich Young Ruler, and I honestly think from the get, he was just selfish. A lot of people only serve Jesus to get to heaven. Right. Because they're scared of hell. And if you look at The Rich Young Ruler, he literally walks up to Jesus, and he's like, what must I do to have eternal life? He didn't say, what do I need to be saved? He, he said, he didn't say, what do I need to do to have a relationship with you? He said, what do I need to do to have eternal life? And then he goes through and he's like, well, I've done this and I've done this. Mm-hmm. And Jesus checks his heart. But the reality is his heart was never to be with Jesus. Right. It was just for eternity. All yeah. he ever cared about was self-preservation. And many people serve Jesus for self-preservation. And uh, as I get into the book and kind of into some scriptures, it's interesting because I think there's, there's three ways or three three hovas let's mm-hmm. say it like that there's three hovas there's me hova and that's what i'm in charge and that's what jesus saved me from yeah because when when me hova was in charge me made a, a mess yeah me was yeah. A, a hot stinking yeah. mess selfish you know building your own kingdom doing it, your own thing look if you know pastor jed his me hova was a hot it was terrible I was not a bad person. You were a terrible person. You're right. You weren't a bad person. You were a horrible person. It's funny because people look at me today and they're like, Chad, I could not picture or even imagine you as a bad person. And as somebody that knew me before Jesus, you can kind of vouch that who I am today is a 100% different it's person. It's proof to me that God is real, okay? <laughs> That's how much it is. It's proof to me that God is real, but Mehova yeah. is literally what you were saved from. Mm-hmm. And we were saved from Mehova to serve Jehovah, the yeah. one true God, Jesus Christ. That was the goal. But here's the issue. And and a lot of us, what we do is we serve half hova yeah and what does that mean that means like imagine a chair and this chair is 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 the king's chair the ruler's chair god reigns in that chair that's where he reigns from he has rulership of 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 our heart from that chair and we gave up that right that permission of our heart when we declared him as our savior as paul said that exchange of ownership and it's interesting because a lot of times we struggle with having a Lord. And what we'll do is we're like, well, God, I, I got a really big bonus and I want to buy this. I'm not going to give out of it. Yeah. And we kind of kick him off the chair for a moment or we half cheek it. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, man, that person could really love Jesus a whole lot. I'm going to just I'm not going to date them. I'll just go out on dates with them until they serve Jesus. And before you know it, you're married with three kids to an unbeliever. Or it's, it, it's, oh man, just one last ride, one more time with yeah. the boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it's that half hova mentality of if a different situation arises that I like, yeah. then I'll serve myself. Yeah. And God's, God doesn't do that. Right. You know, he's not out to, he's a jealous God. He's not, he's, he's not interested in sharing who mm-hmm. we are. He asked us to give all of us because he gave all of himself. Yeah. And I think, you know, because I think personal stories really make this real for a lot of people. And when I was trying to, I'll call it the search, you know, search yeah. for God and, and figure out it is. who he is to me and how I can, you know, really connect with him. Because like Cody said, we we're pastor's kids. And so that's all we kind of knew. But I didn't ever have a genuine relationship with Jesus. No, me neither. Until I was 20. And I, you know, I was searching and all these things and I went, my parents sent me on like three missions trips, you know? And I mean, I was sinning on every single one of them. You sinned on a mission trip? You heathen. Dude, I did. I I like, yeah, never, we're not going to go into that. You're the worst person I know. (laughs) And like, I would come back 
and I would try to be good, you know, and I'd tell my friends, listen, guys, you know, I'm not going to do those things anymore. Um, And (laughs) And they laughed at you. And they laughed at me and they're like, okay, that's fine. Just come be our DD. You know, and I would go out and I would go to the party and I'd just get drunk and then drive them home. Wait, so you're the drunk driver? Yeah, yeah, the the triple D, you know, like (laughs) I I was stupid. And it it happened three different times where I tried to do that half over thing where it's like, God, you know, yeah, I know I want to serve you, but, and really that moment at Upward is what marked me for the rest of my life where I was like, God, I... Jehovah, you are the only one on that throne. I'm giving every single thing to you. Yeah. And that's why I think Luke 9, 24 is so so important and 25, because it's it's the the realization that if I try to gain my life, I lose it. Right. But if I lose my life to Christ, I gain it because it doesn't profit me anything if I gain the world and lose my own life. The only way to gain life is to surrender it to God as our Lord. And people say, well, that's kind of weird. I like I don't know why it would be that much or that's too far Mm -hmm. or anything like that. And I think that's why people like mis misunderstand true Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the reality is when you're in Christ, that's that's what He made us to be. Yeah. And John chapter uh, fourteen verse fifteen, it says it like this: It says, "If you love me, you'll keep my commands." Right. And how a lot of people read that is like, "Keep my commands," and that's how you prove you love me. Yeah. But but that's actually not what it is because I think genuine lordship is love. Yeah. Like if I told you to punch your spouse in the face, you're not going to do it because you love them. Right. And I want to live. Yeah, and you want to yeah. live and you probably want the yeah. benefits yeah. of your marriage. Absolutely. If I tell you to punch your mother, you're probably not going to punch your mother because Heck you no. probably love her. Mm-hmm. And And there's a position of love where we don't do things. Because we love. Yeah. And I think when we genuinely love the Lord, what are you saying in John 14, 15 is if you genuinely love me, you naturally keep my commands. Yeah. It's not like, a, oh man, I can't punch God in his face today. Yeah. Like I'm disappointed. This yeah. sucks. Love is an incredible motivator, you know, and it's not God sitting there with a hammer waiting for you to screw up. It's not a pain train. Yeah, exactly. It is God sitting there expressing his love in the natural response to that. Yeah. Is you showing love through obedience? Yeah, 100%. Every relationship has expectations yeah. and guidelines. People are like, well, it's it's ridiculous that God would expect me to not get drunk. Yeah. Or do you think it's ridiculous that you would expect your spouse to not cheat on you? Right. Probably right. not. Yeah. That's pretty fair. That's a that's a fair thing. And that's, that's how God sees it in the same right is, well, I would expect them to not get drunk because actually it hurts them. Yeah. And that's the thing that I think most people miss is that God's not trying to steal your fun. Yeah. God is creating boundaries for health. Yeah. You know, we consider things like when you get in your vehicle, there are boundaries and expectations set by the law to protect everybody because they know that if you're going 145 miles an hour around this corner, that you're going to wrap yourself into a tree. Most people can't drive 30 miles an hour decently. It's ridiculous. It's crazy. And you may be like, well, they're just trying to steal our fun. No, there's a level of protection that's being implemented so that you can live your life in a healthy way. It's true. And not hurt yourself, hurt people around you, you know, in, that's God's purpose for it. And let me consider, let me open your eyes to consider this. True life begins at death in us because consider the expectations that the world has on you, that culture has on you, yeah. all the pressures of life, keeping up with the Joneses, fitting in, all the social acceptance and all these things. That's, 
Like our world that we live in today is struggling with so much anxiety, fear, and depression simply because of these outside factors. But when you give these factors over to Jesus and you say, I don't actually care about any expectation from the world. I'm serving you wholeheartedly. Freedom is experienced at a level that most people will never taste. Ever. And it's sad because the world presents a moving target, but God presents a a, a constant target and that's love me. Yeah. And when we love him, man, Mm -hmm. we're in him and we're protected by him. And lordship really is one of the greatest things that has to be established in us. And lordship isn't, it's not a, I I raised my hand one time in church decision. Lordship is not a yearly decision in January when you make your New Year's resolution. Lordship's not a monthly thing. It's not a weekly thing. It's I don't even believe it's a daily thing. I think lordship is a a, a decision thing. Like, In almost every single one of our decisions, am I going to make sure that he's still Lord and I'm honoring him as Lord in this? But it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm anxious about making sure I made the right choice. When you love him, it happens naturally. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle of being submitted to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I would really encourage you to have a funeral for yourself every morning. And if you're struggling in the middle of your day to have another funeral for yourself and go and commit your life to Christ Mm -hmm. in a lordship way, God, I am trying to take control of this thing. I know you're in control of this thing. I need to get over myself. You are on the throne. I believe you. I trust you. Give Give me wisdom, knowledge, and direction so I can run at whatever you have for me and and i think it's it's interesting because we really like in terms of lordship we have a culture of commitment issues we have a culture of fear we have a culture of of getting hurt or burned we have a culture of self-preservation in america and, and not just america but just it where we are in in this world we have so many of these cultures that make it difficult but the question is, are you going to be a disciple of, of the kingdom or a disciple of your culture? Yeah. And if you're a disciple of commitment issues, then guess what? You're never going to fully commit to Christ because you think there's something better. There's yeah. nothing better. No. You're going to be a disciple of selfishness. Look, mm-hmm. self gets you in a lot of trouble. Yeah. You're going to be a, a disciple of fear. You're going to be a disciple of FOMO. Could you imagine how many people are disciple of they're disciples of fear of missing out? Yeah. It's so crazy. Instead of disciples of the kingdom where you never miss out. Right. And I think that's the the, the the first foundation in your heart that has to be established. And uh, we'll define why at the very end of this. But what I found is it, what Jesus did is after uh, lordship was established in his disciples' heart, mm-hmm. he then looked at them in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is, inside of discipleship and being a disciple of Christ, one of the foundations is realizing that you have a purpose. Yeah. But every single person's purpose comes back to the same thing. It's to win souls. Mm-hmm. Like, there's doctors. Guess what? It's your job. It's your purpose to win souls yep. and to lay hands on the sick. Yep. If you're a plumber, you're not just showing up to be a plumber. Mm-hmm. No, no. You're showing up to do plumbing, but you're a believer. And I think that's where a lot of people mess up is they'll... If you ask most people who they are, yeah. like, oh, I'm a plumber, I'm a teacher, I'm a student, I'm this, I'm this. But that's not the truth. You're a believer in Jesus Christ. You're a disciple before anything. Right. And when you realize your purpose, then you actually remain on mission with that. And yes. there's not there's not moving away from it. It's not getting off of it. 
And there's some questions that I have in here. Actually, at the end of all these mini chapters, there's a ton of them. There's questions that really help determine like, well, am I where I need to be in this topic? But here's the truth. I think a lot of people also think that they've gone too far. They've done too much and they're worthless and they might as well just give up. Mm -hmm. But let's just do this real quick. Like take a deep breath and let it out. I know you're listening to a podcast. You're like, well, this is dumb. I'll just see what he has to say. But do it for, like, amuse me. Take a deep breath. Pacify him. Pacify me. I'll do it for you, Take a deep breath, and now let it out. (sighs) The truth is, if God still determines that your life is worth having breath, then you still have purpose Mm -hmm. for this life. God is the one that grants breath. And it doesn't matter your mistakes. It doesn't matter where you think your shortcomings are. It doesn't matter what you think you're not good enough at. God still has purpose for you if you're alive right now. Yeah. And and I think we have to make a decision too is like do I just want inside of purpose? Do I want success or do I want satisfaction? And uh there's only one way to get both and that's living the purpose of God on your life. Absolutely. Cuz a lot of people think that if they'll follow God that somehow they're going to have to trade out a better life or or, oh, or yeah. greater achievements to serve God, but that's actually backwards. That 100%. when you relinquish control to God and say, listen, you know what? Do with my life whatever you want. When you were in control of your life, when you were Mehova, right? Yeah. You could only accomplish what you could do. 100%. And I, I always joke with people when they get in a trouble or in problems and they haven't consulted God. I say, well, you got yourself into this problem. If you could have gotten yourself out, you would have. 100%. (laughs) And we need to come to the acknowledgement that with Christ, we're only limited by his power, his vision, his purpose, not ours any longer. So if you think somehow you're going to accomplish lesser by serving God. By serving greater. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're you're greatly mistaken. God wants to do so much more through you than you could even ask, think, or even imagine through your life. Yeah, and be encouraged because I I take Matthew 419 as a promise. Yeah. Follow me and I will make you. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you are right now. God says if you follow him, he'll make you one hundred percent a fisher of men. Yeah. And and he'll use your past experiences. He'll use your gifts, your talents, your desires, your whatever you're good at. He'll start to utilize those things mm-hmm. to make you a fisher of men. It's a promise. Yeah. If you follow God, he'll make you into something. Absolutely. And you might not be able to see it right now, but he does. Yeah. Because that foundation is lordship. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And again, we'll explain why yeah. it has to be mm-hmm. lordship at the end. But the next thing that Jesus did with his followers is you find it in Matthew chapter five, all the way through Matthew chapter seven. And this is the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. This is education. What's so important about being built is you actually need to know what you believe. Right. I know a lot of people, and I, I if you're around me in like the office or anything, or if you're in relationship with me. If you just start throwing verses out and I, I catch on to it, I'm going to check you on what's the address. Because mm-hmm. most people know topics, but they don't know the address. Most people know topics, but they don't know the actual scripture. Most people know they believe in a rapture if you're listening to this and listen to Pastor Chad's teaching. But most people don't know why they believe in the rapture. Right. Most people believe in speaking in tongues, but yeah. they don't know why they right. believe in speaking in tongues. And, and it's so important to know what you believe because, look, there will be attacks about what you believe yeah. from the devil and from people. And if you don't have a good grip 
and foundation of what you know, then you can be thrown any which way. Mm-hmm. And that's not what God intended for his disciples. That's not what he intends now. I think one of the greatest foundations to live out those marks we talked about last week is to know your Bible, is to be learned in the scripture. And the word is like, the word is powerful, man. Yeah, it is. You realize uh, there's a bunch of scriptures I laid out about what the word says about itself. Let me read these real quick. Ready? Here, it, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. The word is like milk to help nurture and for us to grow. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2. It is like solid food for those who are mature. Yeah. Hebrews 4.12, it's like a sword to expose the heart and truth. Jeremiah 23.29, it's like fire and hammer to burn up and to remodel. James 1.23 and 25, it's like a mirror to self-reflect and measure ourselves. Psalm 119 verse 105, it's a lamp and a light to show the right direction and the right steps. Ephesians 5.26, it is like water to bring cleansing. Uh, Psalm 19 verse 10, it is like gold and how desirable it is and sweeter than honey. Hebrews 6, 18 and 19, it is like an anchor to keep us safe and secure. Mm-hmm. And that's just a little bit of what just the word is for us. <laughs> yeah. And when you realize like you get all that out of the word because you start to know God's promises, you start to know how to apply God's promises. It is so important. And there's a thief that's coming to steal, kill and destroy yep. to try to rename you, to yep. try to give you a, a, a new assignment, to yep. try to knock you off of what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things I found in scripture. And again, he apologized last week. We're going to go a couple minutes over. <laughs> Daniel chapter three is what like one of the cooler chapters. It's talking about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I, I actually, I think this is in Daniel chapter one. Uh, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were their actual original names. Right. So Shadrach means a royal or great scribe. Meshach means the guest of a king, and Abednego means the servant of Nebo. Yeah. Um. What's actually interesting is there's another man named Daniel in here that was one of the captives, and they renamed him Belteshazzar, or Lord of the Straightened Treasure. Mm-hmm. And you look at these like, man, that's not a bad name and what it means. Great scribe, guest of a king, servant, eh, don't really want to be that guy, mm-hmm. or the Lord of Treasure. Yeah. But if you realize what God had named them, right, everything changes. Right. Shadrach was Hananiah, which is God is favored. So right. he went from favored to the to to, to, uh, a, scribe. to a scribe, a great scribe. A really, you're a really good scribe. <laughs> you used to be God's favored one, but yeah. now you're really good at writing in books. <laughs> um, Meshach, guest of a king. Ready? His name was Mishael, which is who is what God is. Man. So he went from who is what God is to, oh, you're the guest of a king. He went from the reflection of a king to the guest of a king. Yo, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Abednego, he got the worst of it. Um, Servant of Nebo, ready? His name was Azariah, which was God has helped. Yeah. He went from God has helped to now you're the helper of a man. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. Daniel, God is my judge, went to, hey, now you judge treasure. Mm Mm-hmm. And the craziest part about these names, so God named them Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah, and Daniel. You know who gave them their other names? The world. No, even worse. One of the temple leaders of Baal. Oh my goodness. They were renamed by by a witch. Yeah. And the witch renamed them. And here's the truth. 
If you don't know what God has said about you, the world will call you whatever they want. And why is it so important to be a disciple of Christ and to know your word? And why is one of the foundations to to be learned and to know the word of God? And why did he do it with his guys in Matthew 5 through 7 and and the crowds? Because if you don't know who you are, you'll try to be anything. And you'll let anybody define you. So true. And you can't do that. That's why you need your word. And you'll just become a product of whatever the world spits out. In regards to you. 100%. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, I think we need to speed up, though. Yeah, let's do so, this. So, look, we got lordship. Yep. We have purpose. Purpose. We have education. Mm-hmm. And number four is empowered. In Matthew chapter 10, and this is all just following the gospels, guys. Right. Matthew chapter 10 was one of the next big things that happened with his disciples. And what he did is he looked at them and he called his 12 together. He named his 12, but then he gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and sickness. And he sent them. He said, freely as you give, uh, freely as you receive, freely give. And the, the fourth foundation is you need to realize you're empowered by Christ to do the work of Christ. Amen. And we talked about it a little bit last, uh, last podcast, but the pastor is not the only one to do the ministry. Mm-hmm. Every believer is empowered. Every disciple is empowered to be sent and do the work of God and to do the work in the ministry. And it's so important that we realize that we are empowered. He sent them with power. Yep. He didn't send them with just this weak little message. He mm-hmm. sent them with power over demons, over yep. sickness, and with, with the message, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He gave them power and the result of that was cities being turned upside down. You know what I mean? Oh, this yeah. is, you know, like revitalization of the entire world yeah, essentially. 100%. You know, so that power it's not you know, the religious ideology of power where you can go and exist with God and somehow make no difference in the world we live in. Yeah, and that's not it. Yeah. Like he gave them power to share Jesus with others. Yep. He gave them power to disciple. Yep. Like you you got to realize you were given power not only to be a disciple, but to create disciples. Yep. He gave them power over demons, power to, power to speak in new tongues, power yep. to lay hands on the sick, power ready to love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. And we need that, baby. Yeah, that's- my neighbor <laughs> keeps parking directly behind my driveway and I'm like, God, let me love my neighbor as much as I love myself because it is very difficult to pull my car out right now. My neighbor snow blows all of his snow onto my area mm-hmm. and then does not snow blow my yard. It would be weird if he snow blowed your well, yard. My, my pavement, my driveway. <laughs> but we originally agreed that if he was to do that, he would snow blow everything you should let him snow blow all of it to yours and then snow blow all of it back including yours so then he has all of the snow and yours is perfectly fine oh man i don't know if that would be loving your neighbor no i and Um, i asked the lord daily yeah father you know here's a simple one actually because i was shoveling as he was snow blowing and he went out his driveway all right and he snow blows the the person next to on the other side of my house is yard as well so he went out his driveway instead of down the sidewalk and that was the only thing left to be done goes out his driveway Through into the-, the street and then into my neighbor's He'd yard rather help the city than help you <laughs> and uh he 
And I, I like wanted to say something to him, and I was like, you know what? You should have chucked a snowball at his no, head. No, 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 no. I was like, Lord, you know what? I don't want to hurt my witness to this man. I don't want to put a bad taste in his mouth. As small as something's like this, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I just started shuffling by myself and doing all that. And he came over. He's like, you know what, Chad? After he watched me struggle for like at least 10 more minutes, you know what, Chad, I'll take care of the rest of this. And I was like, thank you so much. Yeah, but I could have like gone out and like just roasted him. Like, what the heck, man? You said you were going to do this. Why aren't you doing this? Instead, I was just like, you know what, Lord? And I was praying for him while I was shoveling. <laughs> so, you know, simple, small example. Love yeah, I'm so your neighbor. Proud. I'm so proud of you. When I wanted to choke him. No, you're such a good it. Christian. <laughs> But but that's the truth, guys, is like we've been given power to live this out. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the foundations that Jesus gave his disciples. And we're talking about how, how are you built into the marks of a disciple. And this building is lordship. It's it's purpose. It's education. It's empowerment. But the last one is you got to realize that you are commissioned to do the same. And I think we need a conviction for the for the for the commission of Christ. Uh, it, it's so important to realize that without you, there's people who will never know about Christ and their eternity is separate from him. Mm-hmm. He literally designed and destined and purposed for you to disciple people that I can't, that your pastor can't, that, that your small group leader can't. But God called you to create a disciple of that person. There's people that, uh, and it's it's heartbreaking, <clears throat> that will never hear the gospel. But I don't want people around me to never hear the gospel. We need a conviction of the commission of God, the great commission. In Matthew chapter 28, he said, uh, go and create disciples of the entire world, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you even until the end of the ages. He, he said this. He said, now go. Go, therefore, don't Mm -hmm. sit, go, go Mm -hmm. and teach, go and create disciples. What I taught you, go and teach them. And when we realize that that's a call for all of us, then things change, things shift. But I really like genuinely believe most people never create disciples because they don't have lordship established. Yeah. And it's scary to put yourself out there. It's, it's like, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if this is for me. And no, when you realize that you have a Lord, there's nothing that you can convince yourself of that would make it justifiable to not make a disciple, at least one in your life. And it's crazy because he said, I give you all authority. Like God gave you authority to create disciples. Yeah. It's pretty important to him. And And he commissioned you. (laughs) And he commissioned. Here's the authority and the commission. Mm -hmm. Now go and do it. And most believers never do. And I think it's because they don't have a Lord and it's really easy to excuse a lot of other things. But when you have a Lord and you realize that his great commission is to go and create disciples, then you can't run away from that. Yeah. And I think uh, we referenced it a couple times. We're like, well, why isn't purpose the most important thing? Why isn't education? Why not empowerment? Because growing up, I saw a lot of things and some of the things I saw I saw a lot of people who try to live out purpose and they'd serve on a team and they do this and this, but something else would be more, more intriguing or look better. And they'd, they'd leave the kingdom immediately because they didn't have a Lord. I watched people, they'd go to class after class after class, but someone offended them and they left the kingdom of God, not just the church, the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they didn't have a Lord. Right. I've watched people do miracle signs and wonders, and then they're out at the bars six months later. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they didn't have a Lord. Yeah. And I've watched thousands of people 
not create disciples. Yeah. And I think it's because they don't have a Lord. It's so good and so true. And that's what we need. We It's not just a Savior. Mm-hmm. We have a Lord and a Savior. Yeah. And uh, we need to make sure that the foundations are built right. That way the marks can be in our life. Yeah. I, so good. So, so good. And I'm telling you, I hope you enjoyed these last two episodes um, in regards to disciples, because I believe this should transform your life. So I'm going to ask Cody to pray for you. And we want to hear testimonies. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear from you guys. You know, help us out, share us on social media, tag us, you know, get the word out because I believe that this message is something incredibly important. And also, uh, check out his book. You can find it on his website, Cody R. Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, at, uh, dot com, dot com. Dot com. Okay. And or you can find his book right on Amazon, built and type in Cody Spencer and it'll come right up. But would you pray for everybody listening? Yeah, of course. And just real before I pray, look, the built book is for new believers and people that have been around the kingdom for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really a great heart check and it's a great way to make sure you you're built on the right foundation. That's the goal. And uh, yeah, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you called us to be disciples. And not just to be disciples, but to create disciples. So, Lord, I pray for a conviction that that we not only have a Savior, but we have a Lord. Father, if we've been struggling with with half Hova and and serving what we want and serving you when we want, that Father, you'd you'd show that right now, and we could remove it and repent of it in our lives, and we could look more like you and how you designed us to be. And Jesus, I pray that we start to make disciples like never before, that 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 businesses in our workplace, in our schools, in our families are turned upside down because, Father, we took the commandment and the commission of discipleship seriously and that this world will be changed because we started with one disciple and it grew into this spider web of mass revival and mass life change. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us on today's Truth Be Told podcast. We hope you enjoyed the episode you just listened to. Remember, we have new content coming out every single Friday. If you know of someone who could benefit from this, we would love for you to share this on your social media, as well as go ahead and leave us a review. But for now, we can't wait to catch you next week.